This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called NP Local. All right, loyal listeners, welcome back to MP Local Podcast, where you're not alone. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And we are here for you. Hey, this is a part two of the one you probably just turned on and turned this one on. Um, and the reason is, is Scott and I, as we do, we try to keep them to a 20 minutes, no more than that. So you can have the little bitty nuggets while you eat and then get back to work helping people and communities like you always do. We do want to appreciate you listening to us here at MP Local Podcast. We do this strictly just because we love helping you learn and get to know. We understand there's a huge turnover when it comes to the talent that are inside nonprofits, social services, all different types of sectors, even the for-profit sector. And so we've created this podcast to try and give you little, little bitty pieces of gold nuggets for you to be able to take and make your agency, um, excuse me, your agency, your profit, your business, whatever it could be, uh, better. Now, continuing on, what we were talking about is Scott was straight laying down the tracks. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, I didn't listen to part one, you need to go listen to it. Talked about the missing middle. When we're talking about those small donors, those big middle, uh, big donors. But how about these donors that are just coming and really, is anybody going after them? Is anybody trying to make them annual donors? Um, is, is anybody trying to up level them, level them up, right? Maybe right. they give a hundred dollars. Maybe we get them to a thousand. And some of the, some of the things that he talked about was how we could fix that. Now I'm going to turn it back over to Scott so he can talk also about, um, Scott, be sure before we go on in the content that we remind him where we are recap. getting this yeah. content that we're so viewing. Just quick recap. If you take that donor fundraising pyramid and you divide it into three strata, if you will, you've got the lower level annual donors, you've got the middle donors, the mid range repeat givers, and those at the top of the pyramid, which account for 60 to 80% of the money you raise any given year. Those are the major folks. And you know what that is. Maybe it's $10,000. Maybe it's a million dollars at your organization. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. this podcast is focused on those nonprofit executive directors of all sizes, but uh, maybe new right. to the field. Um, and so I think we all know that the major donors require extra time, effort, resources to to court and to steward. Um, but we're talking about the missing middle. We're talking about the money that we're missing out on in the nonprofit world. And this is based on a report from 2008. We're starting with their first one. Sea Change Strategies uh, did this report called The Missing Middle. And you can go to their website. We'll put that in the show notes so you can download it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they offer eight tips on how to fix or how to close the gap on that missing middle. And so our previous episode talks about the first four I uh, didn't go into a lot of depth, but I think they're pretty self-explanatory. I'll just they back are. up to one, Jason, that uh, that major, I'm sorry, measuring progress. They got the quote from my man, Peter Drucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, what gets measured gets done. Uh, or actually, I uh, had a board meeting last night, and I've got a board member that's uh, taught me an awful lot. He, he always talks about, and I'm sure he's quoting somebody else, but um, uh, you will... Um, you better inspect what you expect or you're going to yield the results of what you're actually looking at, what management is requesting data on. And so 
measuring is really where this starts. And, and I guess mm-hmm. one little side note on that point, again, go back and listen to the prior episode. Everything rises and falls on leadership. That's the first point. Uh, having a good staff budget in order to keep up with all of this uh, silo busting. If you're particularly in a large shop or you need to, obviously all of us cross collaborate with other parts of our organization, but this measuring and tracking progress starts with a good database. I think we've talked about that as well a little bit. Yes, we past have. episodes. So you got to keep good records and, and maybe that's the starting point. Do you all even know, do you define listeners uh, what's your annual gift, what that bottom of the pyramid is, typically probably under $1,000 a year. Uh, what mm-hmm. is the middle for you? Well, it's $1,000 or wherever you draw that line up to whatever you define a major gift. In my organization, I'd say it's 1000 or 5000 up to 25000 And then that large gift for you, if you're small, is certainly five or $10,000, maybe a little more, mm-hmm. anything over that. Uh, but if you're in a large organization, you may say, well, large for us is 50000 uh, For right. example, when, when are you going to bring the CEO in? If you have a fundraising shop, when do you bring the CEO in for that check presentation photo? Is it a $5,000 check, $10,000 check, $25,000? When, when do you have your board chair or your CEO sign that thank you letter? So you got to define these things. You got to work the numbers. You got to see what percentage of your donors fall in each band and how much money on an annual basis comes in each band. And I think what you're going to find is we do a darn good job taking care of the people that really make payroll, right? That really uh, get up uh, in those higher levels as major donors. And that we probably do okay every year with our annual push. Generally, Thanksgiving time, we're sending a mailer or whatever. But we're not doing a good job taking those who are capable of writing a generous annual check and getting them up into that next range. And that's what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. And I like that. I like that. People are always looking for new. You're saying, hey, look at what you have and see how we can get them, uh, create a deeper connection. And then I think we ended on point five, getting the content right. And there was about four or five points there, Scott. Yeah, kind of some sub points. Uh, Again, this is from the Sea Change Strategies um, summary. It's about 34 pages um, and they offer how to fix this problem. It says, uh, just real quick here, uh, deep substance. Uh, this is the really the, the basis of a good middle donor strategy. What is the substance? And so if you have somebody that's going to write that bigger check, they're going to need to know a little more information. So remember, again, November 2020, our podcast here on NP Local talked about the donor pyramid, where we, I believe, went into quite a bit more detail. But as you move up the pyramid, you are not only touching, we use the phrase touch, you know, high donor touch, you're moving up that pyramid and and doing more interaction with them, more engagement on a regular basis throughout the year, not obnoxiously so, okay, but Mm -hmm. four to six times a year, you're going to reach out and in some fashion, uh, but they need more information as well. These are folks, remember, you're trying to bring them into your organization. At the very top, those major donors often become board members. They host private fundraising events um, they're having one-on-one conversations about a big investment they're going to make. It's not just a donation. It's an investment at that level. Mm-hmm. And so when you're working with the middle range and on up, you're bringing them in. You're making these folks more of an insider to your organization. They want glimpses of behind the scenes. What's, what's really going on. And so just at the small college I work at, uh, we will talk about a student scenario and we're not naming the student and we're not you know, giving detail that is unnecessary, but we're talking about 
the financial aid picture of a student. And so there's your typical student and then there's other special circumstances. And so I had a conversation just this week talking about three areas that we could use someone's support. They were somebody that has helped us in that middle or upper range uh, the last three years, and we're continually keeping up with them. But apparently we're doing well enough that they called me and said, okay, where should we write our check this year? Where do you need? And I explained about a particular type of student uh, and where we're going to need money in, in the place where they live. So they'd be helping local students. Wow. With, really with good, trip. Scott. Really good. Literally, you personalized it without giving them any personal information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously, and I really, really like that. That's good stuff. The donor, helping them then, understand and, and, their and, impact. And, and that's great. And to a lot of people, once again, local listeners, you may be like, hey, I do that all the time, but not me. And so it's great to hear Scott say that, that stuff that gets done. Also, it talks about a consistent narrative across all channels. I think something right. we can learn that uh, whether we hate politics or not, one of the things that politics are good at, Republican or Democratic Party, is making sure they're all talking on the same talking points, right? You don't want somebody out here trying to raise money saying this or saying that. Now, I'm not making it political, but sometimes that's something that we all can kind of uh, kind of get our hands around and understand. And I think it's as, it's as important for that. When my business, when my employees are out speaking on behalf of our business, I want my employees saying that we're saying the same message. I don't want one to say we're really good at this and really good at this, but yeah. one saying we're bad at something we're not. So, one, so I think that that's kind of what it's saying here. And I think that that's something that you need to making sure that your foundation is speaking with one voice or right. an individual voice as you were talking about. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, that's a great conversation. And, and, and certainly, I mean, you get marketing with, with the podcast platform here, the, the consistent narrative across all channels. And they also talk about a branded name. That's actually one of the things that I've worked on in, in um, organizations recently. Uh, I kind of have this theory, Jason, of, you know, this legit, a legit organization. Well, in today's world, you've got a website and a brochure and that website better have online giving. I don't care so much about text giving, but maybe I should, you know, but you got to be up with the times and have a website. Okay. And if you don't have print collateral, you got to have something to hand out when you're person to person, when there's not a computer at your fingertips, you want to get your message in people's hands and folks prefer, right. I mean, I believe in multi-channel marketing, all types and strands. And so to the extent you've got time and resources to do that, uh, you've got to get your message out and you can never get it out too much. I'll never forget uh, when I was in my uh, hometown uh, working in a nonprofit and I am at a hardware store and they had, you know, when you check out paying with your debit card on the keypad and said, would you like to give a dollar to such and such? And I, I thought, oh, that was neat. And it was for a children's hospital um, in St. Louis there. But I, uh, I said, um, I said, now, you know, you're uh, you're owned, you know, several stores here by a local owner. Do you uh, is there a way we can do this for the local organization? They said, oh, we would. But the hospital doesn't have doesn't have a foundation. And I'm thinking, my God, I've been here five years. We are not getting the word out, you know, and here I am, the director of the organization. It's a small community. Yeah. And it's a small area. So it's like, what, where have we gone wrong? My God, you can. And I just learned, you know, it was a real teaching moment. You can never get your word out too much. Get your message. That's out. right. And I you think can't. we've also talked, Jason, about board engagement. Give your board talking points. You want them on message. Give your volunteers talking points. Give them talking points. That's a very, very good point. Once again, everybody's talking on the same uh, wavelength. You were just, you just said something though. I didn't want to lose it, man. It was so true. It was, uh, 
you were talking, you're talking at the hardware store, talking to the person. Um, they don't know about you. Oh, oh, one time I had a mentor tell me, and this is important. That's why I wanted to say this. Um, what happens with salespeople? And this is exactly what you're happening. So this is crazy how these correlate. Salespeople will be really successful up front and they will have a lot of good, good success. And then it slowly starts to fade away. And the reason is, is because the message they're giving is not the same message they were giving at the beginning, right? Yeah. First of all, their tone was different. They were on point. Yeah. They were excited. They were in front of it. But after they become successful, here's what the successful salesperson says. Well, I can leave that part out or I can, well, I don't need to say that. They know that now. And here's what my mentor said. He yeah. said, always remember that if you've said it 300 times, the person you're talking to has heard it once. Yep. Yep. So in your head, as you just said, Scott, don't think that you're saying your message too much because there's a lot of people who are hearing right. it for the first time. It's just only you who's heard it 300 times, right? Yeah. And yeah. that that right there was a that was really big young when I was young in my career. That's a great same thing. That's a great point, and yeah, absolutely aligns. Mm -hmm. So so we got six, seven, and eight, and then and, and and keep keep them rolling. Yeah. Well. Um, we skipped a, a major focus on stewardship. And let me just add oh, that my bad. this stewardship, uh, the concept of stewardship, Jason, that's a whole other pod podcast, right? It is. And I think some folks will, will understand, you know, however you view your responsibility in fundraising in life, um, we're all stewards of something. And so your board is a steward of your organization and you want them to understand that because there is legal liability uh, involved in board service. Uh, but you too, as a, as a director, you know, those are things that uh, are very important, but you have a job to steward your donors. And, and this is because yes, you're representing a cause, but you're also representing the public. You are a tax exempt organization. And so anyone in public service, um, I think there's a service ethic that we need to have. So you're stewarding the funds of the public that is supporting your mm -hmm. cause. And so that mm -hmm. idea of stewardship, let's see what they say here, but um, it says it's a successful mid-level fundraisers devote at least as much time to stewardship as they do to asking. And it doesn't have wow. to be expensive, mm -hmm. but again, you are informing them, uh, how their investment is making a difference. And so you're taking care of the donor. You're stewarding that gift by demonstrating that you've done something with that gift that is worthy of, of that public cause. For but real. yes, um, there's some more here, and I think we've already talked number about number six. Number six is like Guns N' Roses lyric. All we need is just a little patience. That's what they <laughs> say it is there, local listeners. So go Guns N' Roses early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. All right. So patience, and then uh, number seven is listening. Um, and I think those go hand in hand. But patience is is really something I've said many times on this on this podcast before. Is is that this stuff doesn't happen overnight. So as you move up the pyramid, you've got to remember. Uh, that this takes time. Let me give you an example, Jason, because uh, we just okay. talked uh, off air. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but um, I'll be receiving the biggest check that I've ever received uh, next Tell week. Tell about it, Scott. Um, this is in excess of a million dollars. It's an estate gift. So, of course, we're sad that some friends of our organization are gone. Uh, the spouses passed within six months of each other last year. And we're just finding out from the attorneys, uh, you know, this large estate and, and what, uh, where we are in that organization. But, um, these are folks, this took over 20 years. Okay. So they helped to seed, uh, the, the building of a building over 20 years ago. So I just want folks to understand that patience 
particularly the highest level of the pyramid is gift planning, right? So that's a type of major gift, but it is the pinnacle of that pyramid, as we talked about uh, in the past. Uh, But this took 20 years. And so you got to be patient and and your superiors, your leadership and your board has to understand that the investments we make today, you may not even be on staff um, whenever that gift comes in. That happened, Jason, at the organization Mm. you're familiar with that after I left in our hometown, uh, there was a big gift that came in and I know it and I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, I was very happy that 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 came through for them because I, I worked with that gentleman. And so these things take that's time. Good, Man, that's so true, too. I didn't think about that, Scott. Like we think of, hey, would you write me a check? You quarter them for a, a week or two or a month and then they write you a check. But these ones that seeds were planted 20 years ago and you get a call and say, hey, by the way, someone passed and you were left in the will. 1.5. Wow, what a testament. Yeah. Wow. But you got to take care of them in the meantime. And that means you know their birthday and you know their anniversary and you know where you live because you've been there and you visited with them and you've pet their cat. I don't care if you're allergic to cats. You go pet their cat (laughs) or you send somebody else. (laughs) All right. Oh, that's what, there's a lot of truth to that, too. Yeah, I'm but not yeah. going to let you get by saying I'm boring anymore. <laughs> okay, so. You know what I mean by that when I say that. <laughs> he is a very, you are a straight laced character. Jason and, and, and Scott would not hang out as friends much uh, outside of, of this podcast because Scott would get in trouble with Jason. And that's why Scott <laughs> doesn't hang out with him other than through the screen. <laughs> okay, maybe that's true. No, yeah, uh, but it's not true. Scott and my wife are very good friends, but my wife's nice. See, nice people hang out with each other. She's well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic. So uh, number so, seven, uh, let's move yep. to listen. Um, mm-hmm. Again, uh, this is something, I mean, that's the thing about these recommendations. They aren't rocket science, but you've got to slow down and think about them. And that's what our 20 minute episodes, 25 minutes episodes are about, right? As you're mm-hmm. having lunch, we want you to think about these things. And I hope that you will share this podcast with others. Uh, one of them is listen. Um, what does the donor want, right? Um, we, do we listen to our donors enough? Uh, do we um, understand where they want to make an impact? You know, Jason, I'm working on an initiative right now, and it has to do with our gift planning. And we have a consultant we work with that um, will sit down and, and not talk about assets and liabilities with that donor but they're kind of a neutral party and they will talk about what do you want to do with your life? What do you want your legacy to be? And of course, these are very close friends of the organization. These are folks that are hopefully already thinking in those terms, but they've got a process that they walk the donor through that conversation. And they prefer if, you know, if it's a married couple, they prefer that uh, they're sitting down together to have that conversation because, you know, you're going to make an estate plan um, and it kind of needs to coincide together if you're married. And so, again, this is our way of listening to the impact. And, you know, I've had folks call me and they want to do something very specific. That is the trend. Where do I put my money? What fund? In other words, for the accountants out there, this is temporarily restricted or permanently restricted money that they're talking about. They're not just giving for the sake of, you know, it's a World War II generation that really says, I love you. And here's a million dollars. I trust you. Do what you need Mm -hmm. to with it. That doesn't happen as much anymore. I bet it doesn't. So Yeah, I bet it doesn't. I bet it really doesn't. Wrapping this up so we can stay to our time, Scott. So the last point uh, suggested by Sea Change Strategies is the internet is not the easy button. And I love this, Jason. 
Um, and, and I know you're more of a tech guy than I am. My wife is better at tech but than I, I am. I agree with what they're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, again, it's kind of like the print collateral. Some people still want a newspaper, a magazine, a print brochure, a business card. Um, and so the internet is not the answer to everything. Yes. I believe as a level of legitimacy, as an organization, you need to have those bells and whistles available, um, but it's not, don't use that as a cop out that we're going to blast out this e-newsletter with a giving button. And that's our mid-range donor strategy. Again, mid-range donors, you need to think about, they are your future major donors. So you need to start mm -hmm. thinking in those terms of more of a, um, a intimate, if you will, or that, that higher touch relationship that you are um, involving them more. You're engaging them at a deeper level. You're giving them more information and you're bringing them in. You mentioned early on the tours. Um, you're bringing them in for meetings, you're going to their house, you know, you're asking for something specific perhaps, uh, but mm -hmm. you're asking for that sacrificial gift. And I, and I guess while all these strategies are important at a higher level, um, just remember in a very basic sense, you know, if you've got somebody at the lower level writing a $500 check or even a hundred dollar check, 500 might be a stretch, but perhaps they're capable. I would say a mm -hmm. good percentage of them are. And if they're writing a $500 check, they're capable of $1,000, okay, if they, they plan and have a little lead time. And the same is true when you add one or two more zeros. So you got to mm -hmm. think in those terms of moving them up. Again, that's why it's fun development. Think of a ladder. Think of the pyramid. And it's also not thinking, uh, once again, wow, going back to life insurance, Travis Etheridge taught me this. I think I may have said it on the podcast. He said, never sell life insurance with your wallet. You know, because I can afford $50 or $100 a month doesn't necessarily mean the important person. Oh, my. Across. So true. Maybe, maybe they can only afford $20 a month. Maybe they can afford $2,000 a month. Think that's where what you said. Listen, right? That was the one Absolutely. before this. Ask the questions and listen. So here's what we're going to do, local listeners. We are going to uh, probably, I'm just going to say, we're going to have a part three on this. So you're going to be ready. And, and Scott's like, why a part three? Because Scott, first of all, this was so good. But we actually have some pro profiles to success. We have some organizations who put together some of this stuff and they gave us some of their results, told us how they did some of it. And so in the next episode, we're going to come back. We're going to actually go through those and go through some ideas, maybe even use some things that Scott has done to actually try to reach those uh, mid-level donors. But in the meantime, Scott, you done? Absolutely. I, I am. I think, uh, I think we got it covered. Thank you. That's right. No problem. Thank you very much, local listeners. You know what we do because we do it for you. We are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And you are not alone. We are out.